What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of the Project X Talk podcast, your weekly podcast all about Xbox. If you like that, subscribe to the channel or follow us on your favorite podcast service. My name's Kevin. I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tom and Garrett. How you guys doing? I'm doing good. Pretty good, as always. You know, stocks are going up, guys. <laughs> stocks <laughs> are going up. Well, this week we're also joined by a very special guest. You may know him as the co-host of the Land Parties podcast and a member of the Game Awards Future Class 2020, Lucas Agin. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me, guys. I'm excited. Yeah, it's been a long time. I know we've been talking a little bit, trying to get you on. Finally, schedules lined up, so it's it's really exciting to have you on. Um, so before we get into it, uh, for those of our audience that might not know what land parties is or what you do, uh, why don't you give them a little rundown? Uh, what's your whole spiel? A little elevator pitch. Yeah, uh, on uh, basically, I, I tell people that we try and interview some of gaming's uh, bigger names, biggest names, and rising stars. So we interview voice actors, game devs, uh, content creators, and we let them tell their stories. So basically, we talk less because I feel like people don't want to hear me talk that much, and we let our guests carry the show for us. Well, I certainly think it's a great podcast. It's in my weekly rotation. I just listened to the episode with Mike Bithel, so everyone go check that out. Uh, this week just dropped great episode now you said you interview people on your podcast uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna switch the roles a little bit and ask you a few questions before we get started here um so i wanted to know obviously we're an xbox based podcast but we're all gamers at heart so i wanted to know what your relationship with xbox is if there is one Yeah, the the first Xbox was my first home console. So I have a, a pretty long relationship with the company. Uh, you know, thinking back to beating Halo with my brother doing co-op on Legendary. And so, like, I, I've always had an affinity for the Xbox. I've always loved the Halo series. Uh, I have bounced around to different consoles as I got older. So uh, I, I've not been exclusive to Xbox, but I love it. I love the company. I love some of their uh, franchises, and I'm hoping that all those studios they bought start to to bring some new classics coming here at, at some yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of classics, uh, if you had to pick a favorite franchise from Xbox, what uh, what would you go with? Oh, my goodness. Okay. I mean... <laughs> This is like a cliched answer, but it's hard not to pick Halo because mm-hmm. it, it was it was like my first home console, like like blockbuster title that I remember playing. And then Halo 2 and having the multiplayer parties, the friends in high school and then college. So that's a franchise that I always, always, always have loved. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd have to go with it. I know I know that's a cliche. No, it's cliched for a reason. It's a great, great series. Well. I just wanted to get a few uh, Xbox-related questions for you. So I'll uh, I'll finish our housekeeping. I want to let everyone know we dropped two videos this week. Uh, on Tuesday, Tom broke down some highlights of uh, Xbox exclusive games coming in 2021. And on Thursday, I dropped episode two of our Game Pass in Review series. And this week, we're looking at new Super Lucky's Tale. So go check those videos out after the podcast. Now, as is tradition on Project X Talk, we're going to start every week with uh, what you're playing. So I'm going to start with you, Tom. What you playing this week? 
Well, right, right, right before I got on the podcast, I was playing the medium. So, but what I've been playing all week has pretty much been a rotation of Sea of Thieves and more Sea of Thieves and more Sea of Thieves. Oh my, it's just so much Sea of Thieves. And I'm going to play some more Sea of Thieves today because they just dropped the new season for it too. So, <laughs> 1080p 120. I saw Is that update. That's pretty interesting. I, I don't have a TV that can do 120 hertz. So uh, for those that can do it, great. For me, I guess eh, I'm stuck. <laughs> all right. Garrett, what you playing this week? Um, I was still roaming around in Minecraft a bit. And uh, another awkward game that I haven't played forever is uh, Fortnite Save the World. Not the Battle Royale. But like the actual original game, what it was about? Do you guys remember that? People, people still play that. That's still a thing. Actually, yeah, dude. And they actually like finished it off. And I was like, this is actually like a bit of a game now, and I I never knew. So yeah, going back and like I made a whole new account, complete noob skin and whatnot. But uh, yeah, going through the Save the World campaign. Wow, did not see that one coming. Tell you what, <laughs> Fortnite, yeah. Well, yeah. Fortnite's I, one thing. Fortnite saved the world. That's a whole different. <laughs> well, Lucas, what you been playing? You know, I've been fooling around with Rocket League. I've been like way late to that game, but it's a lot of fun. Like, it's a lot of fun. I'm terrible at it, but I'm enjoying it so far. And uh, I have to admit, I've been playing some non xbox stuff so i've been playing a lot of super mario 35 because that's the yeah. one battle royale game that i can actually win and i'm just sad that they're taking it away from me in a couple months but i gotta enjoy it while i can yeah, yeah. no i i listen i'm not a battle royale guy fall guys was the only one that i ever got wins in so i i feel you on that for me i just put about three three and a half hours into the medium before this podcast i'm gonna i'm gonna hop back on it afterwards I'm uh, I'm gonna save my thoughts for the review that we're gonna do on on the medium, but um I'm it's good so far, and other than that, I finished Dragon Quest Eleven this week, finally after weeks of grinding away at that game, and I'm gonna do a review for Game Pass and review of that too. It's going to be not what you expect. Uh, it's not the uh, critical darling. I think everyone thinks it is. That's my hot take. So besides that, uh, Persona 5 Royal, I've put probably like 10 hours into it just this week. I love that. I'm, I'm hooked. I love that game. It's amazing. So ask me lots of JRPGs and then a uh, horror game. So if there's nothing else. We'll get into the news roundup for this week. And it has been kind of slow this week, but our main story, and that's story number one that we're going to get into, was the Xbox Live Gold train wreck that we all witnessed on Friday. So obviously we made a quick video on Friday about it. Tom did. Um, but on Friday, Microsoft announced that the price of Xbox Live Gold was going to increase. In an article with Xbox Wire, last Friday they announced adjustments to Xbox Live Gold subscription pricing where they were going to switch um, the one month by a dollar the three months by $5, and the six months would become $60. Obviously, that's doubling in price. But if you were an existing member and you did the auto renew for 12 or six months, then your price wasn't going to change. However, late Friday night, and I mean late, 11.52 p.m. Eastern time to be exact, Xbox updated the article 
saying, quote, we messed up today and you were right to let us know. Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of the gaming experience and we failed to meet the expectations of players who count on it every day. As a result, we decided not to change Xbox Live Gold pricing. They've added, we're turning the moment into an opportunity to bring Xbox Live more in line with how we see the player at the center of the experience. For free-to-play games, you will no longer need an Xbox Live Gold membership to play those games on Xbox. Obviously, that brings it in line with what Sony and Nintendo are doing. You don't need a subscription to play free-to-play games over there. But I wanted to get everyone's thoughts, and I'm, I'll, I'll start with uh, Lucas, our, our guest. How did you view the train wreck that we saw going down on Friday from Xbox? I was just so confused, just so, so confused. I, <laughs> I can kind of see... I guess why they may have thought at, at some point that that was <laughs> going to be a good move. Like, I mean, we, I, I think, you know, that at some point Microsoft wants to move everybody to game pass. And so maybe this is a, a move. It was supposed to be a move in that direction, but my goodness, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Lots of people are still struggling and it, <laughs> we're not even talking about like a slight increase. We're talking about like doubling the year membership. So like that, just the optics are terrible. Uh, I honestly thought they were pretty lucky that Sony didn't come back and go, Hey, we're slashing PS plus's price just to thumb their nose at him. Like that would have just been a, not a good moment for, for Xbox. Um, at least they realized it. I don't know why they <laughs> thought this was going to go over well, uh, especially given the times that we live in. So just mostly confusion, befuddlement, and what the heck were they doing? Yeah, I, I think we all reiterate those sentiments. Uh, Tom, I know you made a video about it. For anyone that didn't catch it, you want to give your, your thoughts here about what uh, Microsoft might have been thinking? Yeah, like Lucas explained, they, they want to get everyone onto Game Pass Ultimate pretty much. That's their ultimate goal. And it was a really uh, scummy move from Microsoft to even announce it. So... Uh, as much as their like optics have changed throughout the years, and I feel like they've been like known as being more consumer friendly, uh, just this push that they did is showing me otherwise. Like, eh, they're still Microsoft; they still want to make money. Um, ultimately, I think everyone should have Game Pass Ultimate, but I don't even think we should even be paying for online gaming, anyways. PS Plus, uh, Nintendo Online. Xbox Live Gold, it should not even be a thing. We already have free stuff on PC for like online. So like they're not really giving us anything that makes this service worthwhile having anyways. So like the audacity to like, you know, double the price for the yearly amount, that was I don't know who thought about that. I want them to like tell me who did that. Put them in the public figure like it was this guy. And I'm just going to like throw a tomato at him, you know. <laughs> What I find funny about this whole situation, and I mean, it, it wasn't funny. I was, I was very though. I have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, so it wouldn't affect me at all. And, and I do clearly. So what altation was the fact that you don't really get like. They didn't announce anything to justify it. Like, what, what was their reasoning? Just, it's going up. Deal with it. And we're just supposed to accept that. Well, you, have to give, you have to give a reason. And in addition to that, like, didn't they just announce a few days after that? They're all like, hey, look at the 18 million Game Pass subscribers. Right? It's just like, 
So aren't you guys making bank off of that? Or what was the numbers that they were talking about? It was uh, that that actually leads us nicely into uh, my story two, if you want to call it, which was their Microsoft posted their quarter two of 2021 financial results. And if you look at just the Xbox related stuff, Microsoft reported a revenue of 43.1 billion with a new with a net income of 15.5 billion. 15.5 billion is what Microsoft made. That's two Bethesdas. In a quarter. In one quarter. One quarter. You don't need to update or the Xbox Live Gold. Just stop it. I never. It didn't make no damn sense to me. Imagine if they had kept the pricing as doubling, and then the the financial report came out. Can you oh, imagine God. the outrage that people <laughs> that we would have seen on Tuesday when they or Wednesday when they announced these results? Yeah, my God. <laughs> So I mean, in terms of in terms of their other the quarterly results, I mean, they said that new gen consoles and hardware revenue grew by eighty six percent. Obviously, this is the first quarter with the next gen consoles. Xbox content and services revenue also increased by forty percent compared to last year. And overall, Xbox revenue is up fifty one percent and has reached five billion for the first quarter ever. Despite this, the CFO, Amy Hood, says they still expect significant demand for Series X and S consoles next quarter and supplies will be constrained. So they're making billions upon billions of dollars and they still tried to pull this on us. It was very crummy. Yeah, strictly from... You can go ahead, Lucas. Go ahead. Sorry, my, my apologies. <laughs> you know, strictly from, from the PR side of that, yeah, it seemed like almost as bad as, as when they were saying things like, if you can't be online all the time, stick with your 360 instead of getting the Xbox One. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, I just don't know. Maybe maybe their their PR team needs to have a little bit of a refresh on how they look at messaging because <laughs> sometimes they're just so bad about this. It's also the fact that it's not just one person putting out these messages. This probably went through a handful of people that were like, this is the article we want to put out today. This is what we think is going to be well-received by our community. And I remember, I think it was Paris Lilly was talking about how uh, Phil Spencer and Major Nelson were actually in like a party chat playing games. Uh, with each other on Friday, uh, talking about like, "Hey, this isn't this isn't going over well. Maybe we should uh, maybe we should do something." I really don't know what they were thinking beyond all that. It's, and I wonder what Phil Spencer was thinking himself about it. And like, did this information ever go to Phil? Because I've always felt like Phil was like, you know, the number one pro-consumer guy he wanted to fix the xbox brand and i felt like if something like this was actually slipped and they didn't go to phil i feel like he would have put a stop to it just based on everything that he's been doing so far um but yeah there might be just remnants of like the old xbox heads from the initial xbox one launch like they just wanted to fudge everything up with the used games for example like i don't know man microsoft has a lot to prove still to me and Game Pass is the only good thing from it so far for me. On the Series X, obviously. I love that thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Game changer. Well, 
if does anyone have any closing thoughts on that? I, I think we can all agree it's a good thing they reversed it, but they shouldn't have been in that position in the first place, and it kind of ruined their pro consumer uh, reputation for the moment. Yeah, they were doing good for a while, but uh, yeah, it doesn't take too many mistakes to lose faith in today's society. But uh, yeah, no, it was just a rough situation the whole way around. Okay, so with that, we'll move on to story number three. And I don't know if you guys have taken a look at this, but uh, the Dice Award nominations are out. I don't know if you any you watch the Dice Awards. Um, they're basically like the second biggest award show, I'd, I'd say, apart from the Game Awards. Um, quite a few Xbox Game Studio games are nominated. We're not going to go category by category like we did for the Game Awards. That was a, a bit of a different situation. Obviously, Game Awards is a whole nother tier, but I did want to highlight the categories and the games from Xbox that were nominated, and then I have a question for you at the end. So, for Outstanding Achievement in Animation, we have Final Fantasy VII, The Last of Us II, Miles Morales, Spiritfarer, and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Outstanding Achievement in Art Direction, we have Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, The Last of Us II, Miles Morales, and Ori. Audio Design, we have Dreams, Ghost of Tsushima, the Last of Us 2, Sackboy, and Ori. Outstanding Technical Achievement, Dreams, Ghost of Tsushima, Mario Kart Live, The Last of Us 2, and Microsoft Flight Simulator. Adventure Game of the Year, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, The Last of Us 2, and Ori. RPG of the Year, Cyberpunk 2077, Somewhere Amon feels justified right now, um, but I don't... That's, I have to stop. That's a disgrace. Get that off the list. Um, Persona 5 Royal, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Wasteland 3, which is made by InXile, and then Strategy Simulation Game of the Year, Crusader Kings 3, Desperados 3, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Monster Train, and Per Aspera. So uh, the big one, Ori is nominated a few times, and Microsoft Flight Simulator, and then Wasteland 3 are the Xbox Game Studios games. My question for you guys it's something I've been wondering. Does Ori get the respect in the gaming community it deserves? And I want to know why or why not. No, it does not. It is, like, honestly, Ori is the 2D side-scroller that, like, it should be viewed as, like, Mario, man. That little Fennec Fox is cool shit. I'll say it straight up. Like, I'm wearing an Ori shirt this second, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas, Tom, either of you play Ori? You got any strong feelings about Ori? I've only played the first story. Uh, but okay. from the public reception, I feel like this isn't, it's definitely not like a game that people are sleeping on. Even Sony fans know that, oh, we have Ori, and it's probably all they know that we have currently. But Ori is a really good game, and I feel like the media also like established that. Uh, so mm. definitely, it deserves a spot, for sure. And we're not just going to sleep on a Monster Train, by the way. That's also technically an Xbox exclusive right now, and it's a really good game. I do not know that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I love that series. It is spectacular. It's uh, some of my friends' favorite games. Um, I, do, I do think it should be held in super high regard. It's almost like it gets credit, but it it gets overshadowed at the same time. Like, I feel like the conversation 
over the past 12 months or so has, has been so focused on the like, final fantasy sevens, last of us's ghosts and that kind of stuff. Like, it, so it, I feel like the people that love it's it, weird. like knew it, it just kind of got overshadowed at the same time too. Mm-hmm. You wanted to say something Garrett? Oh yeah. No, I was just going to say like, just to finish off what he was saying, it's like they, we can't give full credit to 2d games anymore. But, like, even though when you play it, it's a joy to watch people play it, right? Like, some games are a little bit boring, right? But to watch, like, the whole environment and whatnot, and just a girlfriend plays it all the time on the couch. I don't mind watching that stuff. So, the game's beautiful, both of them, especially the new one. Um, Yeah. I know when it came out, it had some technical issues, and I still believe it's over a 90 on Metacritic, but I don't feel like... I'm not saying it's not well received. I think everyone recognizes it's a good game. I just don't ever feel like people put it up with the likes of The Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima and like those other games that we hold in such high regard last year. The games that scored really well, that critically loved, audiences love them. Ori is one of those games, but it's almost dismissed because I think of the genre of game it is. It's not the... Because it's too deep, bro. It's a... 2D platformers. I don't even like 2D platformers. I like 3D platformers, but I recognize that Ori is, and, and maybe I'm part of the problem. Maybe I don't give Ori the respect it deserves, but I, I think it is a game that we should talk more about when we talk about the great games, especially for, for Xbox, uh, because it is basically the best game for, from the last generation, like the best IP, right? That came out of the last generation. I mean, Sea of Thieves, I think, has the actually the best player base from last gen, but I would I I would like to see it get some more recognition in award categories. Not great being nominated, but I think it needs to start winning some to actually cement its place as like a, a award winning IP that Xbox has. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of wonder if there's been like a shift to these focus on these games that tell these really mature and uh, adult storylines that I wonder sometimes if we lose sight of the other games that aren't, you know, telling uh, such a epic, dark story that, that we see a lot of these other games that, that deserve really get a lot of recognition, but maybe we're forgetting the other games that don't do that, don't aim to do that, and, and are still fantastic in their own right. Yeah. No, I, I mean... The Last of Us 2, I think, is the perfect example where that game deals with so many heavy and, and sensitive issues, and you either love it or you hate it. It's a very divisive game. Um, critically, it was adored. But Ori doesn't deal with any of those topics. I think you know anyone that watches the game can know it's, it's nothing. The subject matter is completely different. Yeah, so. and it, I guess to a degree it makes you think a little bit of like the Oscars, right? You see like the serious dramas that usually get recognized and then you have to put, um, I guess for lack of a better way to put this, but like animation has its own category and you rarely see an animated film cross over into like the best picture category. So I wonder if that's kind of what we're dealing with in the games industry and we just have to collectively like get past that. Yeah, I think that might be why we're seeing more 
uh, award categories where it's like RPG of the year. So it's like we can recognize those more niche genres, for lack of a better better term. Yeah, I mean, I think it's changing, too, because even with Game Awards, uh, Hades was on there a lot. And Hades' story is like, it's okay, but it's not like to ride home. It's like really about the gameplay on that one. And I just don't think Ori is really like, doesn't really have a direct narrative to it. So it's more like you just, it's more like sold to you with the environment. So I guess that's where it gets a little touchy. Uh, definitely, it could issue with stuff like art direction, for sure. But in terms of storytelling, I, I don't know. It's like an interpretive dance of story. I, I don't know if that's like interesting to me. Like to that degree for like to win a game of the year or any like major awards. But definitely should be on there for some categories. That's fair. I think I think those are all fair criticisms, and I mean, hopefully it wins some. If not, I think we all know that we have a good IP on our hands, and hopefully we'll get more entries in that series. That's actually it for the news roundup this week. There's uh, not much news going on in the world of Xbox. I wonder if they're keeping it quiet just to kind of let the dust settle from the Xbox Live Gold fiasco. But we do have a few rumors this week. So the rumor that I want to start with is, is Tencent about to buy big? I saw this rumor on Reddit. It was reported by Tweaktown on the PC gaming subreddit, but TMT Finance has been informed by their sources that Tencent is raising billions to buy out a new game company. Insiders believe Tencent could force a hostile takeover of GTA parent company Take-Two Interactive or possibly make a deal to buy out EA. However, sources say the most likely scenario is Tencent buys South Korean developer such as Netmarble who is South Korea's biggest mobile game maker, or Nexon, which Tencent is already involved in with both companies as they publish some of the games in China. And update to the story, I did see Tencent actually invest today in Don't Nod, the studio that brought uh, Life is Strange and um, Tell Me Why. So it seems they're already making moves. Do you guys have any uh, feelings if they were to buy either of those big companies? Any though, Tencent's one of the hugest players right on the game market. They evolved like in the last couple of years out of nowhere. Uh, they already have like they already have League of Legends of the right games. They have like they hold significant shares like in Epic uh, mm-hmm. and Path of Exile. They own Grand Gear games. I can see them coming more into American markets like that. Uh, Take two in a round. I, I feel like that would be a hard buy. They're, I mean, they're they're making so much money. I I, I don't know if that's something that could even be possible like, yet at this point. Uh, electronic arts, I can lean more towards. Yeah, maybe they can do something with them, but I don't like the idea too much. I feel like the we should, should like let the publishers that we have now, like you know do their thing and correct their own mistakes. I don't know if Tencent is gonna, could bring anything to the table, per se, that can help companies. So maybe they should just stay away. I completely agree with him. Like, completely and utterly. Sorry, I had my notes here, but my phone is sort of getting scrambled. But, uh... <laughs> no, I actually wrote down notes this time, guys. I spent, like, half an hour, not, like, a day... Oh, preparing, wow. But, uh, yeah, no, it's Tencent. I 
I'm sort of against the big monopolization in the company. If they go after Take Two or EA, that would just I don't know, man. There's too few players in the game all of a sudden, I'd think. Yeah, they <laughs> we don't need them to own the entire video game industry. Like <laughs> that that seems yeah. like where it's headed. <laughs> yeah, it's it seems like we're only going to run up to like four or five conglomerate things, like all those dystopian movies that we were talking about. It's actually just like mm-hmm. PlayStation and Xbox and Tencent and Take Two and oh, God. Ubisoft. You know, the gamers, you know, they never let us back outside after COVID. Gamers <laughs> took over the corporate world. <laughs> it I, I do have to say that there's part of me that thinks it would be so ironic that EA, a company that everyone views as like, one of the worst examples of like a a big video game company if they were to be taken over by an even bigger video game company like that, there's there's some irony in that to me <laughs> i if it was 10 cent i think that's the only company where they were like no nah, we'd rather you just stay as ea like we don't like ea but 10 cent might be a little worse than than ea uh i certainly their microtransactions would skyrocket <sighs> yeah they're just too new. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about Tencent. I feel like Tencent's microtransaction strategy, for the most part, at least not in the mo- mobile marketplace, like on consoles and on League of Legends, for example, is not nothing like, too intrusive. Uh, like League of Legends is just the skins. Um, with grinding gear games, with Path of Exile, they really let them run their own game themselves. They haven't even touched anything on it. Um, so they can be real hands off. So that's not really what I'm worried about. It's just more like like uh, Garrett was talking about. It's like, do we really want them to like take over all these big publishers? No, no. Uh, and, and I I I find it very hard to believe that either of these rumors come true and they try to take over them. Like I said, most likely they're gonna just buy some South Korean developers and keep their mobile game money over there and just keep raking in the billions of dollars in that market because mobile gaming is huge in the in the east so i just thought it was interesting to see uh the possible horror story we could be living with but we can move on to rumor number two and this is one that was actually tweeted to us from uh i think it's herman wrestling or uh, he follows us on twitter i forget his name um but he actually got a, in a news article uh, on a few websites, but he tweeted, he got an email from Playtonic Games, the developers behind Ukulele, and they announced via their Kickstarter backers, so he must have supported them on Kickstarter, that they're going to be undergoing a rebrand soon. They said their reveal will be soon, but it's still a secret for now. This has prompted speculation that the rebrand could be part of Xbox Game Studios to handle more kid-friendly IP my- that Microsoft certainly needs, such as Banjo-Kazooie. And if you don't know, ukulele developers used to be Banjo-Kazooie developers, and then they split off, and now they're Playtonic. So what would your guys' thoughts about this be? And I think you all know my thoughts, but I want to get yours first. So uh, Lucas, you familiar with these games? I am. Love ukulele. Um, I'm always torn. Like, I understand the that it makes a lot of sense if this rumor was true. Uh, Xbox does need more family-friendly titles. These guys are obviously super talented, would put out some pretty amazing games. Um, I always... <laughs> I kind of like, though, when when 
studios are able to do not corporate mandated games though like let them kind of organically come up with what they want to do next so i mean i'm torn i'm torn i would i <laughs> i always lean toward i wish it wouldn't happen with with these kinds of cases because i like to see what studios come up with on their own without too much uh interference from above them i guess to be honest mm-hmm. i mean from what we heard so far though microsoft has generally been letting developers make what they want so even if they did taking them over i'm sure they'd be like hey nudge nudge you know you guys can make banjo now you know that we we own that ip you want to make banjo they can be like eh, maybe not um but definitely they would be the best developers that microsoft currently has besides rare itself honestly that can you know pull off a good banjo remake or sequel um but yeah, they, definitely they would just be really good to have on board. Like you said, Ukulele is a really good game, and they can definitely bring some more 3D platformers to us. Okay, guess my turn at the round table. Um, <laughs> well, they already sort of took it right out of my mouth, right? Like it's, I have no clue about this Ukulele. I had to look it up. I was like, eh. Looks nifty, but uh, yeah, no, it, I'm glad that they actually are well more well rounded now. Like, I don't know, PlayStation has one big sports game, so I think that's like the big thing that we're missing, right? Or do we have some? I forget, I'm not a sports game guy at all. Mm, I don't I mean... think Xbox does. I'm, I really wish that MLB to show would come to like every console, by the way. Isn't the sh- isn't the, didn't this they year- announce that that it, they are? Yeah. This year it's coming everything. Yeah, okay. they, sweet. They ended, they ended yeah. their exclusivity agreement. Yeah, so I don't know when. It, I I think it's taking longer to get it out though, because usually they that'd be out this year, but it's not coming out for a little bit longer because they got to get it on all, all platforms now. But <laughs> we're going. If we're talking about Playtonic games, you know I love Banjo Kazooie. I never shut up about the stupid bear and the bird. Um, I think ukulele is good. Uh, I think it's clearly a, a blatant rip, you know, inspiration, let's say. It's inspired by Banjo. I don't think you can get much. We made a lizard and a bat. Like, okay, great. But I don't want them to work on Banjo because I think they, I, I don't want them to be forced to do it. I, I want someone that wants to do it. If they were like, we really want to do it, then great. I would hope that we would see some sort of Banjo-Kazooie ukulele crossover, like get them in the same universe. Like if they were going to handle that IP, I think that's probably the best way to do it. That way they're not saying they're abandoning ukulele for Banjo. Uh, Cause I think that would go over poorly with people that do like ukulele. Cause it is a, it is a good series with its own fan base. So Xbox is hands off. I, I don't know if they're going to buy them. I don't really see it. I think there's a few other studios that are more likely at the moment, but I'm all for more banjo. So let's let's get, let's go get me on that hype train. And I mean, that's that's actually all the all the rumors we got this week, guys. Um, we didn't unfortunately get any viewer questions. Um, so before we go, I just wanted to do one fun topic we haven't done anyone in a while and i didn't tell anyone so it's, this is going to be a little little surprise but i wanted to know what everyone's first xbox game was 
first ever experience with the console. And how did it go? And I'm going I'm to switch it up. Garrett, why don't you tell me? I thought we already did this one. I don't think so. Yeah, because I, I believe I said that mine was like the original Halo Fusion Frenzy. And what so was it? It was like... Uh, I, I know what you're thinking of. We had a pre-call before we made this podcast and we okay. all talked about it. But now I want it on the record. My brother got it for like the first Christmas that it came out. And I can't remember the third for the life of me right now. I had it written down before. But yeah, it was like Halo Fusion Frenzy. I can't really say which one I said first, but it was like the Christmas experience with uh, Xbox. And it just sort of became like a family console from that point forward. We tried with like the PS2 for a little while, but it just wasn't the Master Chief. Tom? Uh, my first Xbox game was Brute Force. So it's a it's a squad based story based game. Uh, it has some multiplayer. It's pretty neat. Uh, I always liked it because you were able to swap around between your characters. Uh, it's a party of four, and they all have special abilities. And the multiplayer was really fun because of that too, because you're able to control your whole squad, and you're like, so it's me and my brother normally playing, and if we have our buddy over, they have another team too. So it's like eight people in total, even though it's just really three of us playing. And it's just so fun. I, I really wish they would do something with that, like that franchise. I don't know if Microsoft even owns that franchise, but any, whoever owns Brute Force, make Brute Force too. <laughs> Looking it up. Give me a minute. I, Go on I, want, I think they do own it. I think, I think it's been talked about on other podcasts I've listened to. You're not the only one asking for more Brute Force, strangely enough. While, uh, while Garrett looks that up, Lucas, I know you mentioned Halo. Was that your first ever Xbox it, experience? It actually wasn't. My very first oh. Xbox game was Jet Set Radio Future. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, um, very different than Halo, but a lot of fun. I have fond memories of that game. Uh, it came, so when I got my Xbox, uh, I had to buy it myself, and I was 13 at the time. And so I had worked all summer with it, and it came with Jet Set Radio future and some racing game that i'm forgetting that it was bundled together and and I jet it was like set. Sega gt yes i, I know which one you had yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> so jet set was my first ever xbox experience not a not a bad one nah. oh, i love that game so much it's easily one of the best memories i've had in like any game the most one of the most unique ones and i'm surprised we still have not seen a new jet set game Right? It was a uh, in, in Yakuza Like a Dragon, there's like a school where you can take trivia questions, and one of the exams is all about uh, like past Sega games, and that was like, or like just games in general, and that was one of the questions on there. It was Jet Set Radio, and I was like, okay, like throwback, like you give me a little hint here, they're not, but I mean, my first experience, I was a Nintendo kid growing up, so. I didn't actually have an Xbox right at launch. I didn't get one for a few years. And I think my, I'm pretty sure my first one was Halo 2. My next door neighbor brought his Xbox over. I didn't even have it. It was his Xbox. It was his game. And we would play, me and my brother and him, we'd all play Halo 2. And then eventually we went and begged our grandma, can we get an Xbox? Can we get an Xbox? And uh, we got one. And then we started, we played, we actually played Halo 2 before Halo 1. And then went through all the other games. So as a kid, it was just 
good to have it. But I, uh, I, yeah, that was Halo 2, first experience, first experience. Uh, Garrett, did you find out who owns Brute Force? Yeah, it's definitely a Microsoft Game Studios game. It was developed by uh, Digital Anvil. And fun fact, it was actually originally released out on PC in 2000, then was taken off and re-released as an Xbox exclusive in uh, May 27, 2003. Wow. Three years later. Yeah. All right, so Microsoft, you got still got some work to do. Banjo 3, Brute Force 2. <laughs> I'll send you a list, Phil. But yeah. <laughs> that's uh, Fusion that's Frenzy well, 2. Oh, Fusion okay. Frenzy 2. Fusion <laughs> Frenzy, yes. There you go. All right. We'll get one from everyone. Uh, <laughs> but that's going to that's gonna do it for our show, a little shorter show this week. Uh, Lucas, thank you so much for being here. Uh, really was a was a pleasure. I hope you had fun. Uh, maybe we can get you back on at some point. But before we go, uh, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, the easiest place is probably on Twitter, uh, either at LandPartiesPod or at LucasEggen, uh, L-U-K-A-S-E-G-G-E-N, because I spell my first name weird without a C. Well, you don't spell it weird. Your parents spell it weird. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, Garrett, where can everyone find you? Uh, Wayworn Garrett on uh, Xbox and Twitter. And Tom. Yeah, yeah, Wayworn G. <laughs> we know what you mean. I've been up for 26 hours. I'm tired. <laughs> Don't take a nap after this. You guys can find me uh, on Twitter at Chronicle Tom, spelled the normal. And I am at the Muffin Mon. That's a one and seven I. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Remember, check out our other videos. Subscribe to stay up to date with our podcasts, and go check Lucas out. We'll uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye.